Craft Beer Radio, episode 478, on September 28th, 2018. Mama got a look at you and got a little worried. Papa got a look at you and got a little worried. The pastor got a look and said, y'all are better hurry. Send her off to a little Bible college in Missouri. And, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Radio. Uh, you knew exactly what it was I going know. to say. It's like I knew the future, man. Jeff, we have five beers in front of us. What should we start with? Let's start with this guy here. So uh, I picked up a lot of these beers at uh, the beer distributor. Uh, <laughs> my dad's calling. But Phone I call. I know what he's calling about, so I'll get back to him later. Um, and because I knew her fridge was super low on the show, I needed to get some beers for the show. And then there was this, you know, kind of... Was this like a 10 ounce can? 11.2 ounce can of Saison from St. Fulian. It came in a four pack. I'm like, that's something I want to try. You know, a canned Belgian mm. Saison. So I think, well, let's start here. Sure. I missed the moment, but uh, oh, you don't even have my audio on, so I oh, couldn't even. Sorry. Audio is on, bro. I'm not sure I heard it enough to even know what that was. <laughs> that was Jar Jar. Oh, here's okay. another one. How rude! <laughs> How rude! <laughs> I wonder if Full House sued Lucasfilm for trademark <laughs> infringement. <laughs> so Saint Fuelian. I'm I'm sure that's exactly how you pronounce <laughs> that's it. That's probably it. Uh Saison. They say Saint Saison is what the Belgians call a beer of the terroir. A traditional farmhouse ale with all the rich savor of the fertile land of southern Belgium. Yeah, terroir is usually used with, for describing, like, wine. They talk about yeah. the grapes and, and the Yeah, the it's land, kind of you know? the, the essence of the region where mm-hmm. it was made, you know, of the earth, right? It was kind of terroir. Um, they're in Le... Le <laughs> these French sound nailed it, nailed yes. it. Yes, that's it. We're authoritative. It is imported by Artisanal Imports in Austin, Texas. I can say those words just fine. Saison, the latest in a long line of top quality Saint Fulian beers, is a quote unquote Fulian, Fulier is is a quote unquote Fulian hoppy unfiltered B, 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 not beer, B. That is so em- emblematic of the rich Belgian tradition. Translator had to take a coffee break. And... Mm. Let's see if there's anything in his downloads. Okay, so this is kind of a orangey straw. Uh, I got a whole glass full of chunks in the bottom of my glass, yeasty chunks. They have six point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, this is this is a pretty small, like it's a it's like a Red Bull. Yeah, it's 11.2 ounces. Yeah. And the date on the bottom doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, it's uh, the year seven out of Domine. <laughs> uh, so it's been in a can for quite a while. It was canned at 10.46 a.m. <laughs> Over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And man, they had UPC symbols and everything. <laughs> they, were, they were ready. 
All right. So yeah, the aroma on this beer is it kind of has kind of a slight booziness to it, a little bit kind of a sweet malty, maybe a bit oxidized. You know, so this beer could be a little bit on the old side. I'm getting like a, a definitely a menthol. Okay. So it it actually reminds me of the stuff that I used to use to wax my clarinet. Okay. It had like a menthol right. like thing inside of it. So like for the cork grease, like the the yeah the cork grease and um, I, yeah, there was something that that smell okay. was was very apparent in. Yeah, so to me, this doesn't, when I smell it, right, I don't smell what I think of in the neighborhood of Saison's. When I smell it, I smell more Belgian Golden Strong. I smell kind of... A lot of aquarium. Aquarium? I'm not getting that. Not a totally rank aquarium. But just, you know, it's got a fresh kind of protein-y smell. Okay. Maybe just barely, but I would never place it in the uh, aquatic realm on my own. Yeah, it smells like there's some fortification in there. It smells like a little bit of like Belgian candy sugar or something, don't ah, you think? you know, yeah, and it smells like it didn't quite uh, totally get there no I, I wouldn't go that far to me it smells you know something like a belgian golden strong where you have not quite triple but you know something that's fortified okay, let's trade and just see if uh, sure. we're getting the same aromas here and more or less yeah I, I actually poured like three or four different segments so mm. there shouldn't have been much stratification Onto the flavor. It has a nice soft body to it. Mm. It does. It still comes across to me like that Belgian Golden Strong, right? So you're not getting much grassy or earthiness too much. It has kind of a sweeter... Um, it, I guess it's a little bit fruity, but almost like um, dried apples. Uh, yeah. Dried apples are a really good call. I was going to place, to, to, like, place where I'm coming from here and then apples the, and pears yeah and the esteries from the thing kind of give it uh, a bit more of that um i'm trying to think of what brewery this like what kind of brewery that like i was going to say like modded from Unibrew, but no that's not it so it's it's like a different it's not it it's modded it's not it it's modded <laughs> there's a new slogan there you go Unibrew. for pit that's it um yeah, I can't. It, it, it's it's reminiscent to me. It's like, hey, dummy, it's like this brewery, but I can't hear which brewery is saying. Mm. It sounds rude anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it is a little on the old side, right? It seems a little muddy yeah. and cardboardy. If you're expecting like an earthy saison, that's not here. Yeah, I'm not um, even sure that that was giving it. This was giving that when it was yeah, fresh. Yeah, it's. But like, you you make a beer like this. You're a Belgian brewery. It's definitely Belgian of some kind. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? That's a good point, right? But like, you could make an argument that that this falls in in the saison range. Like, there's overlapping, you know, Venn diagrams and stuff. Yeah, you, could, you could probably it's, say it's not it's not horrible if you're stressed. But I mean, to me, you know. 
I've said it four times, right? To me, it's a golden straw. You know, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to say it a seventh time, but that's where it lands for me. It's pretty hoppy, I think. I think, it, you know, it's got a lot of esters, but there, there's a good amount of hops in there. Okay. Um, not American-wise hops. I mean, it's more of mm-hmm. a, a kind of old French hops, but they're they're noticeable. They made the label. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're, um, they're coming across like a, a little cheesy. Um, mm-hmm. A little minty. No points there, for sure. The St. Fulian Saison, Belgian farmhouse ale. Not quite the kind of farmhouse that we're typically used to. Yeah. But, hey, it's, I mean, I don't dislike it. No, it's fine. I think, uh, you know, the the fruitiness is in there. It's kind of subdued, right? So, like, when you say dry apple rings, right? You know, they're n- those aren't hugely flavorful, but they're pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good at where we're landing. Yeah, yeah. Try to think if there's anything else that's really in there. Maybe a bit of pear. Like, um... I've been getting these pears at work that have red skin. Um, I don't know what they're called, but, um... They're a little sweeter than like a, a Bartlett or a Danju or something like that. Like sweeter, Bartlett's are pretty sweet. But this one is kind of more, oh, I don't even know. I thought I could come up with it. but And this one kind of reminds me, this is classic palate drift, right? Where, you know, the things you're going to equate to are things you've had recently. So like, of course, Jeff had the red pear a couple weeks ago. He's going to find those flavors in this beer. But just the way things work. Yeah, I mean, tongues are, tongue and brain are remarkable instruments. Mm-hmm. But they are, you know, they have a they have a, a range that they're workable in. And there's also uh, an error bar that you should um, mm-hmm. appreciate. All right. Oh, we only brought one of the Jolly Pumpkins out. You want to do the jolly? Oh, that's sour. Yeah. Let's do the other saison next, huh? All right. So we received this from the brewer. It was on, oh, you're not on Twitter, so you didn't see that whole interaction. I am not so, on Twitter. Uh, Seller West sent us this two beers, and they sent a note. And the note was to uh, Jim Varel, which is the guy that at Paste Magazine who does those like a million IPA tastings. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, I sent <laughs> sent a tweet out like, "Hey Jim, we got your beer. Hope you don't mind." <laughs> but he got them too, right? I'm curious if uh, if, if his said, "Hey, Greg if, his, and Jeff. if his letter said Crafty Radio," and I'm like, "If you want to swap the beers, let me know because I'm sure they meant to send you the better beers anyway." <laughs> All right, so this is Song of the West, an oak barrel fermented super saison, composed with Cellar West and Ale Song Brewing and Blending in Eugene, Oregon. 8.2% alcohol by volume, so that's pretty hefty. Super saison, I can only think of, I don't even, I I, I don't even know, I I just know the name of it and, and, uh, the over nine thousand Dragon Ball Z Super <laughs> Saiyan, right? Isn't that okay. what? The... <laughs> um, let's see. I kind of like the the modifier of Super, 
like you know super ipa instead of triple or quadruple just super ipa it kind of works for me it it sounds a little video gamey but it you know <laughs> it's if you look at like all the descriptors and names that people are coming up with today why not yeah exactly um they have they definitely say bread are in here um okay um uh overripe pineapple Shh, don't give us suggestions no th- this no. is the Oh, no, they're talking about the yeast strain. Okay, sorry. Uh, with a malted rye from Mecca Grade, malting in Oregon, raw wheat from Troubadour malting, and a dash of Galaxy Hops. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bread, bread and ISC's Clausacini. Ooh. Yes. It smells exactly like roasted pineapple. <laughs> Since Greg told me that's what it smells like, I I, I saw <laughs> overripe pineapple. I yeah, thought it was an ingredient, oh, right. but then we made it the overripe pineapple and musty funk character of this strain. Okay. So. Yeah. So the aroma, a light funk on the aroma, a little bit of a kind of a moldy cheese or a, you know rindy cheese type. Uh, yeah, type smell. Yeah, a little um, like a um, mm, what's that cheese I'm trying to think of? Uh, it's it's a hard cheese. <laughs> now now I'm smelling the fruitiness. I'm smelling like like whatever Galaxy's bringing in. I was Pine- hoping saying that would pineapples <laughs> pull something in. Nothing. Yeah, yeah no, nothing. sorry. Pineapple is not a bad call. Actually, I'm kind of dialing in on that. I smell that, but I don't think pineapple is the only thing that's there. No, there's, um, what would that be? There's kind of, um, <laughs> orangey apricot. Like, I'm trying to imagine this fictional fruit that has the flesh of uh, apricot or peach, in, but, in the taste, cheese but tastes zone, more orangey. In the cheese zone, this goes the other way, but think maybe I'm getting a little ricotta. That's a weird one, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's that like that's not any that's of not... the Brett funk. Yeah. You would think that you might get ricotta in, like, some beer that has, like, lactose at it or something like that. That's that's kind of where I imagine the ricotta would come from, so you wouldn't expect it. You wouldn't... It would be hard to... I'm just... I'm searching for yeah, smells. No, it would be yeah, hard to yeah. explain the origin in, in such a beer. Now, this one definitely has a much more complex aroma than the, the St. There's a, there's still like another a, a, a minty character of the same yeah. sort of uh, zone that I'm picking up here. Moving on to the flavor, it's it's a light body, it's a juicy body, very juicy mouthfeel. Almost seems like there is a bit of pineapple juice in there. Yeah, that's interesting. It's definitely bread. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can feel that. But it's, um, it's a, but it's not as dry and chalky as a lot of bread beers are. It still has a lot of juicy sweetness to it. Well, I think this is a primary fermentation on bread, so that's why yeah. you, you, you're not yeah. really going to get super dry. It's also barrel aged, but like mm-hmm. from the first sip, it wasn't like there wasn't like a big oak or anything like that. So I'd be curious. Does it explain what whether the or, oak is like fresh oak or like like seasoned fooders or whatever? Maybe it's not. They, sorry, um, I will answer that question 
first I say, first I want to point out that they talk about, um, they inoculate the beer with the Brett for mm-hmm. extended aging. Okay. Uh, but I don't know whether that's actually um, fermented on Brett only. Uh, I don't see anything about the barrels other than that they are that they are oak barrel fermented. Sure. Okay. Yeah, this one has a very the oak's not a huge noticeable role. It could be doing awesome things under the curtains mm-hmm. behind the curtain, right? But you know, fermented with the farmhouse yeast and bread. Okay. Not really noticing it. Um, farmhouse yeast is is like it's just giving you a little bit of cheesy aroma. First couple sips. I'm tasting like this juicy IPA, right? Where I'm hating myself for saying, yeah, it's pineapple because they told me it was pineapple, but that's kind of the juice flavor it's, I'm getting. Yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty, um, pretty, ooh, that one I especially got a pretty distinctive pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might have some even like, uh, like Galaxy. They, did they say Galaxy? Yeah. 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 So there you go. They're the, sort of the, accentuating the... That sip was really good because the pineapple got that, a little bit of those um, orange sliced candies, you know, or candy pineapple. Um, dried out a little bit. It kind of tied in with that little bit of funk that's in there. That slight bit of, like, rind. It's a pretty neat combination, pretty neat blend for a beer. It's neat, but I find it... Particularly with that hoppy note, mm-hmm. find it lacking because when I taste that hoppy note, my tongue wants to just go into that juice hop mode. Okay. And so this is like reminding me of juicy IPAs. Not necessarily hazies, but juicy IPAs, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And that is bringing me to like feel like the saison parts what i which i normally am really uh, good to go for are a detriment because mm-hmm. they're 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 interfering with like the, my want for the juiciness is interfering with my ability to okay. appreciate I hear what you're saying for me i wouldn't say interfering but I don't think they're like greater than the sum of the parts mm. right i don't I'm not finding this nice harmonizing factor between the two different parts of the beer. It's good. The beer is good. But, you know, I'm when someone puts this much work into a beer, you're looking for something that just makes yeah. it transcend itself, yeah. right? And, like I said, it's a good beer. Everyone can try this beer and they won't be disappointed, I don't think. But, you know, I'm rooting for it. And I'm like, how do I get the Saison in the juicy IPA galaxy thing to transcend itself? It's just it's- making me want a juicy IPA. And and, and so it, it makes me think I want to be drinking an IPA right now and not this. Not that this beer is bad, mm-hmm. but this beer makes me want to drink a different beer. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's greater than the sum of its parts. And I keep, I'll keep trying it to see if there's pu- if I can get those puzzle pieces to snap together. And we should we should always make this disclaimer. We should do it every. We should probably do it every show. We don't do it every show, but we are looking at this from a very, uh, very specific viewpoint of 
analyzing the beer, and that's exactly it's all that we're doing. We're not doing anything else at the time. I'm sure if you were watching, you know, with friends hanging out, watching a show, watching a movie, smoking a cigar, whatever it is you do, this would be fine, if not great. But under our microscope. Yeah, things there's been exposed. so many times yeah. I've had leftovers the next day or two days later, and I'm like, "Damn, that beer's good." <laughs> when I'm not in this mode, mm-hmm. so we are definitely tough critics yes. when it comes to comes to this. Uh, let's do one of these two sours, then we'll do the hazy, and then we'll do the All other right, sour. Well, let's do the jolly pumpkin. Okay. So jolly pumpkin artisan ales from Michigan. Olas Especialis, Space Waves, Sour Fruit Saison, 5.8% alcohol by volume. Aged in oak, every Jolly Pumpkin beer is aged in oak. This is aged in oak for 10 months. 35 IBU, hopped with Amarillo, Citra, Centennial, Hellertau, and Simcoe. It's a lot of hops for a lot of hops. Another hoppy saison, huh? The grains are Pilsner malt and raw wheat. Additional ingredients, cherries, lime juice, and lime salt. It's practically a goza. <laughs> so it's a saison <laughs> goza IPA. You know. Uh, it, it's not a goza because I don't think it's... it's um, Kettle soured. Yeah, kettle soured. But, but on the top of the label, it's barrel-aged Michigan sour beer. Mm-hmm. Well, every, like every, almost yeah. everything from Jolly Pumpkin Sour. So. No, no, they do a lot of beers that I would say are oaked or wild, yeah. but not sour. Uh, oh, it's a collaboration with Jester King. Uh-huh. Whoa! That explains the broken goat horns. I'm like looking at the label, and I'm like, "What are the goat horns? Is this a Bach?" But no, up here. So the the label's a cart, uh, a comic book type label with the mm. the little. Um, what are the square boxes to describe the scene, you know? So these are probably done by some artist. <laughs> and uh, Probably, yes. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah, they're done. I'm sorry. No, I'm they, sorry they, they, they found it, like, just... It, it was it was there, like, on a cliff. They just broke in a rock, and there it was. <laughs> yeah, but it's like this pulp science, like, lost in space type yeah. thing, right? Kind of a 60s It's a cool logo. I yeah, really like, like the artwork. Jack Kirby-esque uh, thing. Hmm. Okay, so the first sniff. First sniff is not what, it was ex- what I was expecting. Hopefully that goes away, but I'm getting, like, burnt plastic. I don't smell that. No, I don't smell it in yours. Let me smell mine again. No, maybe it's just a one-time thing. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was going to be like the whole beer, but you know, in you know, we're talking about what we smell, and the first thing was like, "Hmm, smells like a like." Okay, so they call it a sour saison brewed with lime salt and cherry puree, a simple grain bill of pilsner malt and raw wheat brewed with blah blah blah, blah amarillo, citrus, and tenniel, hilly and simcoe, lime salt added post boil in the whirlpool. A fooder aged for six and a half months, then transferred to another vessel that previously held La Roya de, de Creek. La Roya. Um, cherry puree was added and then aged for another three months in the wood. <laughs> okay. It better be good, because that was a lot of work for a beer. I'm noticing cherry now. Yeah, for sure. All that suggestion, yeah, you definitely get kind of a cherry note on the nose. I didn't smell that at first, but... 
also at first I smelled burnt plastic, so. <clears throat> I think I smelled, I, I'm not sure I would have picked out the salt had I not known, but you can kind of smell like a briny sea size, sea mist type thing on there. Well, as you must have noticed from our last episode, when you don't have a lot of information, we're, we're grasping at straws. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I do like to get as much information as possible before going into it. Moving on to the flavor. Cherry dominates. It, it has a really nice blend with the lime and the salt and the tartness. It's pretty good. It works pretty well. It makes you pucker. It dries out your mouth really mm -hmm. quickly. It ends a little... A little, uh, like, pithy. That was only my first sip. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting like cherry pits, like the kind mm -hmm. of vanilla, like amarello, am amaretto type thing. From the... Yeah, like I, I like a lot of this flavor, but it does end a little dry to me, mm -hmm. and that sort of comes across as pithy. Uh, so it's a little bit like you, eat, you ate the white part of, of a lime rind or something yeah. like that. So a little rindy. A little bit. Who would have thought cherries would work with salt and lime? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. Well, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Food would work with salt? Is that yeah. really what you're saying? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the answer is yes. The answer is everyone... The answer is people used to use salt as currency, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I could have phrased that better. But cherries and lime, no, actually that does seem like that would work really well because you have freeminess and a little bit of sourness and then mm -hmm. uh, the lime is going to be an acid that's just going to brighten things up. Yeah. It's pretty neat. And then the salt, what, what salt basically does is it, um, I mean, there's a lot, There's it's a complex thing it does, but a lot of what it does is it takes away some bitterness and it brightens up other stuff because of that. Yeah, the, the cherry kind of plays a bunch of different roles depending on, like, how like how you sip it. Like, whether it's a soft pull or a hard pull. You know, like, that last sip, I took a bigger one, and it was more it was more like cherry pie filling than... But, yeah. But most of the sips, it wasn't that sweet, right? It was much more tart and just kind of cherry mm -hmm. essence on top of the lime. But you kind of get different angles depending on how, how quickly you pull the beer in. My tongue's getting more used to it. It's not getting as pithy at the end, but still there. Like, I think it's it's my only like note mm -hmm. is that it's a little pithy at the end, but it's really pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't call it like my favorite sour. No, I, I still find myself wanting something else to make it hit home. Right? Yeah, something something to yeah, so some something to. It's a good stand up double. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a well hit ball. Uh, got did but didn't quite get past the outfielder. Good stand up double. Now, if you were like, so you were judging a bunch of gozas, right? And this one got thrown in. I wouldn't be, a, be judging a bunch of gozas. No, but it would be a welcome <laughs> refresh. I, I would like, hope not, at least. But it would be like, huh? This is a interesting goza hybrid. Mm -hmm. You know, that reminds me of something beer related. So let me see if I can find it here. Um, our buddy Nick, uh, is taking a Cicerone course, and he sent me a picture of the syllabus. Shh. 
Are you sure you're allowed to talk about this? Uh, I assume I am. Might be, might be secret. Might be proprietary. Might be for not for public distribution. Uh, you take a look at that. See what you think. I'm not looking at anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not looking at this. Yeah, he didn't send you that. Oh no, I, I I'm mistaken. Just to be on the safe. This side. is not the same thing that's right on Cicerone. Oh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> well, if it's on the website, <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same. Thing. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. But like the test questions, it's not. No, no, it's not. Okay, te- right. It's just, it's just w- the outline. I wasn't sure how close we were to yeah. the secret stuff, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to get Nick in trouble. Uh. But this is at Cicerone.org, so you can take a look at this. It's right there. It's like the first mm-hmm. thing that came up. Um, so this is certified Cicerone. So this is the second level, right? Does he already have certified beer server? Yeah, he's already there. Okay. Yeah, he's already level one. Um, so you've got... He's going to know more than we do soon. Yeah, I know. It's great. Um, he'll be teaching us stuff, which is awesome. He's an academic at heart, so this is totally up his alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, outline part one keeping and serving beer, purchasing and accepting beer, serving alcohol, beer storage, draft principles, on premises draft systems and their maintenance, beer glassware, serving bottled beer, serving draft beer, special situations. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, which I'm hey, furious, Cicerone, you gotta know that crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two beer styles, understanding beer styles, style parameters. History, characteristics, and flavor attributes of styles by region. Mm-hmm. Uh, part three, beer flavor and evaluation. Sub A, taste and flavor. B, identify normal flavors of beer and their source. C, identify common beer off flavors by name and source. You've had to go through that. Uh, part D, tasting examination. Uh, four, beer ingredients and brewing process. A, ingredients, B, processes. So you got to know your stuff mm-hmm. five pairing beer with food possible outcomes of successful beer and food pairings beer and food vocabulary pairing concepts common beer and food interactions creating a pairing designing a meal classic beer and food pairings cooking with beer that's a lot to learn yeah um it doesn't sound quite as extensive as what you took for beer judging but uh, but there's like in terms of Knowing everything about like a recipe and stuff like that, yeah. No, I would say that a lot of the BJCP stuff is in that mm-hmm. section two or three about formulating and brewing and stuff like that. Uh, it probably goes into a little more nuance, they probably complement each other. Um, it's much more about food. This is certified Cicerone, yeah. which is the middle, mid to high level. Then there's Master Cicerone, yeah. right? Which is the kind of thing where you have to sit in front of Ray himself. In mm. like doctoral thesis type style, like prove your master Cicerone. So it's a lot, um, like yeah. for like sommelier, right? You need to be able to blind taste a wine and identify where, what its terroir is and where it's from, you know. And I think there's a little bit of that in master Cicerone too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we were talking about this last week with the blind show. It's like you know. Back in the day, blind tasting was so much easier when there was only several hundred breweries <laughs> options, right? Uh, 
today like if you're getting a beer like and you gotta identify its terroir and like where it's from it's so much harder i mean granted the beers that are in the blind test of the of the exam are going to be two style yeah i'm like, sure i'm sure they're giving you probably they're give, telling you what style it is even oh i i don't know about that but the beers you are tasting are representative samples of the style yeah. right mm-hmm. where when we do a blind show we don't who knows yeah. <laughs> we don't get that yeah. right because we don't have the the people selecting the beers uh for that kind of thing and i'm not saying we should no i think it's even i think it's even better that, that mm-hmm. it's just random yeah um but i mean it would it, it would be a cool curveball that i'm always thinking you know am i gonna get a miller light at some point <laughs> yeah it just has a curveball in here i thought max was gonna buy us yeah. some shit for sure <laughs> all right next beer all right, let's do this Aslan. So we've had a bunch of Aslan on the show from listener Greg. This one, I have a coworker who has family down that way, and he heard me talking about Aslan, so he bought some. And he had this one, and it turns out that milkshakes really aren't his bag. Mm. So he brought one in, brought it in for us. So as you might expect, this is a milkshake IPA, fifty-fifty bar with passion fruit and pink guava. So another there's a collaboration theme tonight. Uh, collaboration with Graft Cider. Fifty Fifty Bar is a popsicle-inspired beer, uh, IPA beer with milk sugar, dry hopped with citron mosaic, and conditioned on vanilla, and hundreds of pounds of passion fruit and pink guava. Okay, we have Haze Boy. Uh, it's got that that uh, milky yeah. whiteness to it. Kind of a. It has a, that whitish haze to it. It kind of has a bit of a darker golden color. There's some some fruity, juicy. Yeah, it, it's definitely tropical right. fruit f- juice flavors. There's a little dankness in there too. There's like a dank hop in there. A little. I mean, it's got citron mosaic. That could go dank. Mm-hmm. It's dry hopped with citron mosaic, so think you know. Did I tell you that um, that dragon fruit that you gave us? Max had some. They went to school and they didn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I couldn't remember if I told you that story. And today we were brushing his teeth, and on the there's a podcast that we listen to called Chompers. It's a two minute long podcast. It helps you brush your teeth. A lot less fighting, and it was a weird food day. And he's like, "Oh, I hope they talk about dragon fruit." And the first thing, dragon fruit. Yeah. <laughs> I assume he liked dragon fruit. It made an impression. He didn't dislike it. I don't think he loved it. I mean, it's kind of a subtle fruit, right? It's yeah, like it's yeah. gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to be like, oh my god, this is as good as candy. You know, you're not gonna get that. Here's the question: Was it better cold? Um, I think it was when I did had it. That's a, so. When we had it, we I put it in the cooler and took it camping. So I had it like so it wasn't fridge cold when mm. I had it. It wasn't lukewarm. It's probably better. I would say, hey, sprinkle some salt on it. It 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 super helps with tomatoes. Tomatoes Mm -hmm. like really need salt. When you do, they're super expressive. Okay. So do eggs. Eggs need salt, but they're not berries. (laughs) (laughs) So back to this guy. This guy has a wonderful. Fruit juice aroma. I think guava is really winning out. Mm. It's this thing that's kind of 
Let's see if I can deconstruct deconstruct guavo. guavo. <laughs> Good luck. I want to help people that might not know. Yeah, but it's hard, like because because there's a little bit of bubble think gum. Of a very specific fruit, right? There's a little bit of bubble gum. There's a little bit of orange, orange bubble gum. Cotton candy. You with me on those? No. No? Mix an orange with a cantaloupe. Okay. You're not getting the cotton candy at all? And add a bit of, like, sulfury green. Just, just a bit. Okay. Those are good. Those are good calls too. Move on to the flavor. Big lactose bomb. Really smooth, creamy, milkshakey. Mm. Yeah, it almost feels like the lactose is taking away, doesn't it? Like it's, it's, it's so much. Mm-hmm. It's so much. I'm feeling the. But intolerance. it could be that the guava might be overpowering too without it. So it, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. The guava is so potent in mm-hmm. the aroma that it could definitely be like an acid bomb, like almost like a grapefruit. Yeah. When you do it by itself and the lactose takes away from it so you're getting this kind of almost like how a creamsicle plays Mm -hmm. against the orange Mm -hmm. right but you're Mm -hmm. getting with more acidic guava yeah because they they did say popsicle inspired and so thinking creamsicle but but instead of orange guava think Mm -hmm. you know guava or um orange with a with a pineapple mango cantaloupe kick I'm getting a flower thing too, kind of like a hibiscus. Maybe. I was thinking white flower. No, thinking. no, 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 like hibiscus. What, red flower or eight plus? Mostly hibiscus, a touch of lavender. This is growing on me. I didn't expect that milk there. I didn't expect mm. that lactose. So it was like it, it was kind of a sharp like. It right. cut my expectations, especially with the juiciness of the aroma. But the sort of the unctuousness of the of the guava is surrounding that sweetness in a way that is endearing. So, right to, to me, I, I'm I'm starting to to dig it. Yeah, I'm, right now I'm getting to the point where. The lactose, it, the lactose is so big. In it this. just went medicinal. Did it? Okay. Yeah. So what I was getting, this went overboard. Where, where I was going to was that. What was I going to say? <laughs> Lost track. Um, shit. Let me take another sip. This is like, this is like <laughs> you can graph this. This is a function. It's crazy. <laughs> it's going all over the map. Yeah, it is. It's a little. There's something that's a little saccharine in there, like medicinal yeah. saccharine. Yeah. Uh huh. So, so the more you little, drink, the more you drink it, the more that becomes apparent. There's a little think. aftertaste of cough syrup mm-hmm. going on. Um, yeah, this one's not not awesome all around. This one has some neat things to it, and then it kind of like sours for sure, like sours on your palate. Mm-hmm. It's so much that lactose, uh, like it. It's so much. It's so much. Yeah, it, it's it's 
It's a cornucopia of flavors. It's too much, too much. But I Dial cannot think that I, I cannot think of another beer that like feels like condensed milk. <laughs> like this feels like condensed milk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, there is that just that middle creamy sweetness that's like in in certain contexts it's awesome and in a certain context it's just way overdoing it mm-hmm. and it's it's this weird blend so it's too saturated it mm-hmm. needs needs to chill a bit it's interesting it is definitely interesting it's uh it, it's a lot to it's take about, in. it's about 50 50 <laughs> it's it yeah it, it it lives up to his name. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, I think to wrap this one up, right? The, the guava is a little too potent, mm-hmm. and the lactose is a lot too potent, and it's very dessert. You know, if you think like a really after a sweet kind of cake uh sweetness it does have you know if you like i'm not i'm not talking about pairings or anything but like think of a really moist pineapple upside down cake Mm -hmm. you get a lot of those flavors right the cherries the pineapples the the simple syrup type cake moistness a lot of that kind of fits in the spear All right, that was fifty fifty bar from Aslan in uh, what was the cider house called? Uh, Graft. Graft Graft cider. All right, well let's uh, let's hook up the ages from Deschutes. Oh, I forgot to cut the wax off before the show. Damn it! So this is part of their reserve series lineup of Deschutes. Uh, the malts are Pilsner 2 Row, Malted Wheat, Unmalted Wheat, Flaked Oats, and Carapils. Hopped with aged Zots and East Kent Goldings. 100% aged in oak barrels. 8% oak by volume. 14 IBU. This is a Hooza inspired beer. Yeah, when I saw Hooza, I was like, yep, buying that one. <laughs> Who's that? For those who don't know, it's spelled G U E U Z E. Looks like Guz. Yeah. Uh, we believe that Huza is the proper spelling, and of course, like always, Probably we always a proper pronunciation, and we always nail our pronunciation on this show. <laughs> Are we redefining nail? <laughs> is it failing horribly? I'm 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 going all positive today. Oh, okay, gotcha. Alright, so this beer pours a, a golden straw. Pretty, just a light haze to it. Man, I've got mint on the nose today. I'm not getting that mint. Getting a stinky cheese, chalky, minerally. Let me smell your bit. Yeah, same thing. It, it To me, it's coming through as mint. It's like how some people can only smell cilantro as soap, right? Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> Yeah, so for me, 
the leading aromas here are kind of that uh it's the oak it's the oak that's what oh, it is it's the oak it's the oak yeah yeah okay so it's kind of a uh, Not like a super fresh Chardonnay oak, but mm-hmm. more like a, a several cycles in oak barrel, long age time with Brett. And you're getting this, there's a bit of a wash rind cheese there. There is a big mineraliness, kind of like a chalk or gypsum, something like that. Now it's getting a little more sour. A little, little tart. Yeah, there's definitely a tartness in the, on the nose. I haven't tasted it yet. Just um, the Sour is a nice sour, though. It's not like drain or, you know, anything too, like anything unsavory. It's kind of that. It smells a bit uh, like a uh, acetic sour. So a little um, in the vinegary side. Or... A... Actually, moving on to the flavor, there's a little bit of that there. There's It's more tangy. In Flandersy than I would have expected from the aroma. I wasn't getting that. So you're getting this kind of blend of a Brett Flanders culture fermentation. Uh, who's that? I mean, who's inspired? Yeah, right. So I, w- I was just about to get there. Like if I'm trying to compare this to, you know, some Ooh. Cantillons and things like that, it's a little more culture a little more, a little more sweet tart than a Husa normally is, right? It's... Um, it's interesting, but it's not. If I'm looking for a huza or a goose, you know, I'm I'm not looking for sweet tart, and this one's delivering sweet tart. So that brings me a little more like Flanders red. I like what the oak's doing here. It's bringing in, you know, the tart gets there, and then it sort of it balances that tart with this mm-hmm. uh, this this oaky uh, fullness that doesn't go overboard, but does a nice balancing act. This is really blended well. I'm assuming this is blended because yeah. I don't think you can nail this on first shot. The um, the sour is coming across a little citric for me, almost a little bit like Sour Patch Kids. A little more subtle, yeah, yeah. Little more subtle than Sour mm-hmm. Patch Kids. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but citric, same, yeah. Same mm-hmm. kind of burn. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I agree. And there's a little bit of a, of a lemon mm-hmm. uh, thing going on. Or at least distinctly citric acid. Yeah. And that's that's not really something I expect in a Huza. You know, it's... I think the spirit's fine. But, you know, if we're talking about benchmarking mm-hmm. against, you know, world-class, you know, Lambics, um, this one has more of a, you know... Well, this has all the oak part. going on, too, yeah. which is different. And it adds a different dimension yeah, to it. Yeah, it has more, has more lively oak character than... You know, uh, a traditional lambic is going to be used in oak, but it's going to be an oak that is, you know, 20, 30, 40 mm-hmm. years old and is pretty much a neutral vessel, right? Um, other than maybe harboring the terroir, right? Where this one actually has some oak flavor yeah. imparting to it. A, a good amount, but but not over, it's not over oak. How would you describe it? Because I'm I'm kind of having a hard time getting my head around it. Like, I was expecting, like, more of a white oak, you know, grapey Chardonnay type thing. It's not yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's it, it's it's coming across as 
almost malty, which is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I'm. What makes it distinctly oaky for you if it's coming across malty? Malty though. The the oaky part is, um. I, get, a, I, I sorry. Just let you know, I'm tasting yeah. exactly what you just said. There, there's a bit of a woody sappiness to it. Okay, but it's just cherry a pits. Are you getting like a cherry pit thing off the edge of that oak? I don't know if I've had enough cherry pits to be able to tell you. Okay, like um, a woody. Imagine a, a cross between woody shells and cherries, right? Something in there. Are you getting something in that, like along those lines? Like at the end, the end of the oaky. I wouldn't say no. Okay. Um, even a little walnut. Ooh. Yeah, there's, this, there's a kind of a nuttiness here, and that is making it almost seem malty in, in, in its extent, as opposed to just feeling woody or big bursts of vanilla mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of raw oak or chardonnay, like you said. So... Well, I dig this a lot. This is really good. Yeah, this one has the depth to it. This is the one we're going to you know, sit here. It's the last beer of the night, but mm-hmm. we're also going to sit here with the rest of our sample and try to explore until time is out because th- this one is a good one to, to take some time with. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about, we're exploring that. When you said vanilla, it kind of set me off on a little path that I was trying to explore real quick here. And... It reminded me a little bit of, it's not a great, it's not a great analogy, but the, um, what are they called? Those caramel candies that have the little white cream thing in the middle. Yeah, and then the cow tails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I it, it's not an exact Pin the tail on the donkey, yeah. but it's kind of it. It took me into that neighborhood. See, that's more like what I was tasting with the okay. with the milkshake IPA, that creaminess. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I mean, let me go over the malt bill again because I don't know because you were poor, you may not have heard. It's an extensive malt bill: Pilsner, two row, malted wheat, unmalted wheat, flaked oats, carapils. Okay, they're throwing a lot in here. That's interesting. Put oats in a Guza inspired, mm-hmm. inspired beer. I mean, obviously, these guys know what they're doing. So they're, yeah. they they probably were like, well, we wanted to get to this pH. Well, we wanted I mean, to get I, to this I, I think, consistency. Yeah, I think the oats are going to give it a little bit of fluffy body. Mm-hmm. Now that I know, and I'm like, where's the oats? I think I taste like this little fractional thing in the malt that seems oaty, but it's probably suggestion, right? I mean, I would say 50-50. More likely. You you have a sophisticated palate. You've been mm. doing this for thirteen years, Jeff. Yeah. There's a big so difference between finding what you're told to find and finding it blind, right? Yes, but at the same time, and yeah, and and you can convince yourself that it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have been known to do that, and we are not immune to that at all. Um, but. If you, I don't know, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily taste the oats myself. So I, as I'm drinking this, I don't know if it's drift from the last beer. 
but I'm tasting this kind of creamy orange thing, this almost creamsicle thing come back. Are you getting anything like that? Or am I like just like reliving the previous beer? I am desperately looking for something. You don't have it? Okay. Like the last sip I took, I'm like, that's an interesting angle. But it don't, <laughs> but like, it's probably just like slow firing neurons or something. Yeah, because like, so as you were talking, I kind of like compared it to in my head and I could make a connection. Like, I could see there is some flavors here, particularly in the sourness. I think you can mix that with the guava. The guava, yeah, yeah. There's an mm-hmm. alignment there, for sure. Yeah, so you can you can draw the graph. You can graph those nodes. And... We're imperfect machines, at best. Mm-hmm. So, well, But we're great at pronunciation. <laughs> Let's let our imperfections shine here with our ranking. All right. I get to go first this time because you've been going first for a while. In fifth place, I will put... Let me me go over this again. The first thing we had was this this Saison from uh, St. Fuiwa. Which was more like, like you said, a a stronghold. I'm not going to say it again. I've said it enough. Well, I'll say it. Then we had the Super Saison. Super Saison. Which, I'm trying to Is remember. it a super-sized Saison? That was from Cellar West with, with uh, Ale Song, and uh, that was when I was getting a lot of mint. No, no, no. It was mint in... in it tasted mint in every beer, I think. Yeah, but it was all the oak was what I was tasting. Yeah, for... The Cellar West was the one where I was saying, you know, you well, we were getting the Galaxy. Yes. And we were getting the Saison. Right. And that and yeah. you wanted more juicy IPA. And that's why I'm gonna put it in the last place. Because it made me want a different beer. And <laughs> I can't think of I mean I, it's not that it's a bad beer, like we said a bunch of times. It's not this bad beer, but I kept wanting a different beer while I was having it. Uh, and I mean that's got to count for for something in in how I rank it, right? I mean it, it's got to. Okay. Uh, so it, it's tough here between uh, f- three and four because I think these both were are, are kind of middling at the bottom here, and I'm not sure which one to put in uh, in third or fourth place. But I'm going to. I'm going to put the Saint Fe in fourth place. Fulian? 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 Fuliwa? In fourth place, only because the Aslan had ups and downs, but did have those ups. And it was so it's like there were things that were like pretty awesome and then medicinal and then it was like I mean it was more dynamic beer than than the Saint Fiavril <laughs> so just just on on the on the level of the dynamicism of of these two beers I'm going to put the Aslan in third place the Jolly Pumpkin takes second place sort of by default because my number one is obviously going to be the shoes all right 
So I am uh, I'm disagreeing with you quite vigorously on this ranking. I am going to put... This is tough. Um, so the Saint Fouillabava Saison was kind of eh there, you know, not doing anything that exciting, not very Saison y, more Belgian Golden Strong. And then we have the Aslan, which was uh, a strange cacophony of abrupt and an abusive flavors. <laughs> Uh, so do I, do I rank the old Belgian can lower than the, arguably the worst beer I've ever had from Aslan? I don't think so. I think I'm going to put the Aslan in last place. I think it's, hey, you got to shoot for the sun every time, right? And sometimes your wings are going to melt, you're going to fall. And I think that's what happened with this Aslan. It just did not seem like a workable combination of of flavors and too much lactose too bitter guava too too acidic guava so he's going to you know what place. i'm going to change my rankings and i'm going to put cellar west in third place oh, because right. even though i kept thinking of a different beer mm-hmm. i would i mean when you you make your you're talking about those beers i'm thinking the cellar west was better than both of those beers uh even though but it made me want to sell a different beer <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but I'm going to change my rankings right. officially. Cellar West is in third place. So St. Fee goes into um, fifth place. Aslan in fourth place. Right. And uh, Now we're a lot closer. Yeah, Cellar West. I'm going to put the St. Fulian, Fuliwa, Fuliwa in fourth place. Uh, probably because it's an old can. Um, and partially because not what I think of when I think of Cezanne. You know, it's Cezanne by name only. Um, it was fine. But it was a little bit stale and it was just Belgian Golden. I'm going to put the Cellar West in third place. I thought it was interesting. I liked the Cezanne part. I liked the hoppy part. I didn't like how it wasn't greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. It just left you like you're tasting two possibilities and then you're tasting the combination of those possibilities and it's distinctly less. Uh, still a good beer. Like I said earlier, you should mm-hmm. try it. It's a fine beer. We're super critical in our reviews. I'm going to put the Jolly Pumpkin. Olas uh, Jester, Jester King collaboration in second place. This one was wild. Right, you have this um, goza, cherries, oak, all the flavors work together pretty well. Part of me says, but it's still a goza, and I'm kind of. But it's not a goza. It doesn't have the lactic notes that a goza uh, has. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I, okay. Uh, I would still. I wish it would deliver more complexity, more de- more nuance to it. Like where the Deschutes delivers the nuance, right? This Deschutes, uh, the ages. Uh, you know, even though it's not, there's things I have. You know, things I don't love about this beer, right? You know, they call it who's inspired, and to me, it's it's not even close, right? It has too much of that 
It's inspired. Uh, it's not. Yeah. It, it's not who's a reminiscent. It's who's inspired. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. If you're going to cut it that way. Um, so it has its flaws, but it was the most uh, enveloping beer mm-hmm. of the night. And oh, what they do with the oak was fantastic. I think the oak was fantastic. I think, you know. Well, when I'm when I think I'm having a huza or a lambic, you know, I'm looking for certain flavor profiles, and that's not an acetic Flanders-y tartness. And this one delivers mm. this acetic Flanders-y tartness, so it missed my expectations. But then, if I start recentering and I'm looking at just all the different flavors in the beer, it, it suits me. You know, we've talked before about style and 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 what counts as as style and whether that's even useful you know at a certain point and it's good for and we've also talked about how it's good for setting milestones mm-hmm. uh but i think it's, it's not, imperative for a show like ours yeah but it's not necessarily uh the key to no we don't try to penalize mm-hmm. but i think you well but you do go on with expectations i have expectations yeah. and then also i have and i'm using the styles as shorthand right a world-class lambic goose who's a versus this you know this thing you know which would i prefer i prefer the the cantillon you know type tasting i'm beer. not sure i would i think okay. I, I think that this had enough like the stuff with the with the oak was so well done and and played really well sure it was some it, it, i mean we're always looking for the new as as critics essentially mm-hmm. and this was new and this was different but still super enjoyable. Um, new enough to be like, oh, and also, but also super enjoyable hmm. at the same time. That's an accomplishment. It, it, yeah. It, it has its merits. It's worth tasting. It's worth geeking out over. It's worth being number one on yes. show 478. Right. And I don't, want my, I don't want my reservations to be too strong. Hey, before we go out, maybe we should have an Amazon commercial. Sure. So, if you want to support the show, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yeah. That's it. End scene. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. That's 478 in the books. We'll be back with 479, assuming that my counting is correct. You and your algebraic math. It's called arithmetic, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> arithmetic. Craft Beer Radio. least favorite math. Is re- uh, related. I was going to say, craft beer is related to. <laughs> it's related to. Uh, what was it? What was the show with the burps? Uh, screw tops. Screw tops. Yes, yes. We are related to screw tops. <laughs> and we are the father of uh, the beerists. Yes. Since they copied our show, which we copied from <laughs> screw tops. It's all a happy sherry thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the second cousins twice removed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, uh, Josh Ritter, Jeff uh, the song Josh Ritter, Getting Ready to Get Down. Yes. Kind of honky talk type thing. Kind of popped up my head, so rolling through my head all day, so here we play it. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, really do appreciate it. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Next week, John Dykel is going to be on the show with his wife. Oh, cool! Yeah, he's coming to Pittsburgh for a conference, no way. and he's going to be on the show next week. Awesome. So. JD's back, baby! Mm-hmm. Shop to Bible school, you learned a little more than they had heard was in the golden rule. Be good to everybody, be a strength to the weak, be a joy to the